This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. Minding Creative Minds is a comprehensive well-being and support program available 24-7. Specifically designed for the Irish creative sector, including professionals in the film and TV industry. Experience peace of mind knowing that a skilled team of trained counsellors and psychotherapists are at your disposal. They provide medium-term intervention and expert guidance on managing day-to-day challenges that often lead to anxiety and stress. <sighs> Discover the valuable assistance Minding Creative Minds offers by visiting mindingcreativeminds.ie today. Take the first step towards enhanced well-being in your creative journey in confidence. Hello and welcome back to a very special episode of Rap Chat. I'm your host Mark Monks and I was given the very lucky opportunity of attending the Boyne Valley Film Festival last weekend. I'd like to thank Frank Kelly and his team for accommodating me and letting me see so many movies. I really took advantage of it. Like I, I watched so many shorts. But I would, I would have to say that the shorts this year in the Boy Valley Film Festival have been incredible. The standard has been so high and uh, yeah, it was fantastic this year. Absolutely, absolutely loved it. Now, while I was there, I got a chance to chat to a bunch of different filmmakers um, who had their film screened, obviously, at the film festival. Um, in no particular order, I interviewed the wonderful and incredible writer, director, producer and actress Mo O'Connell on her projects Bruise and Mask. Bruise is a really intense and uh, raw depiction of domestic violence and I absolutely loved it. I loved the way uh, she represented that sort of topic. I thought it was fantastic and I absolutely loved it. Um, and then on the other hand, Mask was fantastic as well. It was a really topical kind of short and it had a really interesting kind of twist to it and I really, really enjoyed it as well. Um, and a lovely conversation about those two shorts with Mo. And in the same interview, I uh, chatted to the writer-director of The Talk and the writer of La Tumba, Jonathan Hughes. John Hughes is a fantastic and hilarious writer. Uh, the Talk was so funny. It's a really, really funny queer film. Um, I'd highly recommend it. It is so funny and it's just it caught me off guard completely and I thought it was hilarious. And the same for La Tumba. La Tumba was brilliant. I loved um, the way it just kind of played on a language barrier between two different characters and it was just it was fantastic. I don't want to say too much about it but it was oh the, the, I just highly recommend the two of them. They're absolutely brilliant. I also got chatting to writer, director, producer Garrett Daly on his latest shorts Nothing to Declare and Personal Space. Here's a little fun fact. Garrett was my radio production lecturer back when I was doing my bachelor's uh, and it was amazing catching up with him chatting about his films. His films are really, really fascinating and I highly recommend you watch them. I had a lovely conversation with the producer of uh, Baby Steps, Zoe Brennan. Uh, Baby Steps is a wonderful little short with a very kind of like wholesome message about womanhood and motherhood and you know, it's not always easy being a mother and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, it was great. It was really funny. It was really entertaining and uh, had a lovely visual representa- uh, presentation of it. 
I also got chatting to the writer and lead actress of Woman in Retrograde, Kelly Blaze. It was a fantastic short that deals with mental health, the theme of hope, and also motherhood as well. It tells the wonderful story of Zelda Fitzgerald, a uh, forgotten figure from the 1920s uh, in terms of music and in terms of literature and all that sort of stuff. And finally, last but not least, uh, I got chatting to the two producers of Double Yellow, Rob Ernie and Mark Griffin. Double Yellow was a very intense short and it was really, really fun and I was genuinely like just on the edge of my seat just watching the entire time. It was great crack and I love chatting with the lads. If you'd like to support us, you can head on over to buy me a coffee forward slash F and I and you can buy us a coffee. I just also a friendly reminder that I just also a friendly reminder we have a huge and exciting event coming up very soon. F and I's Fast Fest and the link will be in the description. Thanks again to the Boyne Valley Film Festival and Frank Kelly and his team for letting me chat with all these fantastic filmmakers and thank you for letting me watch so many films. Now, on to the episode. Welcome back to the Boyne Valley Film Festival special. Uh, I am joined today with writer and lead actress of Woman in, Re- Woman in Retrograde, my apologies, uh, Kelly Blaze. Love to meet you. Lovely to meet you. Thanks for having me. Thank, thanks for coming. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my first question would be, um, this film is very much kind of about um, like grief and womanhood. Mm-hmm. Um, and we saw kind of the polar opposite of that with Baby Steps. And I was wondering... With uh, Woman in Retrograde, um, where were your influence with that, uh, with, with like that kind of theme with the uh, the film? The theme of grief. Grief and motherhood. Um, well, I never set out to do that, to be honest. Yeah. Was never, I never set out with those themes. Um, and it was really the theme of hope. Yeah, um, yeah. That this woman, both women, could go through such yeah, uh, traumatic yeah. events and then in the end come out hopeful. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the theme of motherhood is obviously really strong in one yeah. character. Um, and with Baby Steps watching that, it was, you know, it, it's, it's fascinating to watch other people's work and, yeah. and relate. Yeah. Um, and Steph, not to talk just about Baby Steps, but it was brilliant. <laughs> um, but definitely to open that conversation of postnatal depression yeah, and, yeah. and prenatal depression, I guess. Yeah. Um, but, but definitely like to bring motherhood into it and to talk about it, you know, you're, you're you know, I just talked with Roisin Kearney and the yeah. other filmmaker, and they were like, you know, we don't get to talk about that much. We don't see those characters yeah. portrayed. We don't see ourselves in, in film. So yeah. I wasn't initially trying to do that, but I guess <laughs> you're bringing up the question. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's just it was kind of my interpretation. Like, I felt the themes of that and even identity as well yeah. uh, with the main character, you know, because she does kind of have that split personality with Zelda, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and I, uh, I've always kind of wondered as well, what was the kind of inspiration for you to bring that real life person into your film? Uh, um, to bring Zelda into? Th- yes, yes. Well, I auditioned to play Zelda Fitzgerald a few years ago oh, in a movie okay. that didn't materialize. Um, and I became obsessed with her. Um, <laughs> I am really angry yeah. um, of the way she's been portrayed over the years yeah. through film, through books, through media, um, as this, you know, flapper girl that was wild and 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 not very smart and and, <laughs> and i think it's uh the complete opposite actually i yeah, just think yeah. this woman was 
very eccentric, very ahead yep. of her times, extremely talented. Mm. And she just lived in a time where she wasn't allowed to be free. Yeah. You know, and I think she was bored. I think that's why she played out. Yeah. Um, but, you know, she was branded uh, insane and thrown into a mental asylum where she died, burnt to death. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I just feel really compelled to tell her story and to portray her in a way um, that she hasn't been portrayed before. Yeah. Yeah. Like um, for me personally, I found the film really fascinating because I've always like I've always liked kind of the 1920s kind of style, you know, and the aesthetic. And like even like growing up, like I'd read Great Gatsby, West Coast yeah. Girl and that sort of stuff, you know. Yeah. So um, I've always loved that whole aesthetic. And you kind of bringing that back mm-hmm. was really kind of nostalgia for me. Like I really enjoyed it. Um, and I suppose like when you were writing the script, like was that your intention to kind of like bring the whole 1920s aesthetic and try to like uh compare it to modern day or no not at all i um i loved loved everything about the 1920s maybe we both lived in the 1920s (laughs) and that's why uh we love it so much um no it it was more just uh obviously telling zelda's story she lived through that so the music would have to reflect that yeah yeah um i wasn't i wasn't consciously trying to make comparisons but comparisons would be huge um, and then also things haven't changed yeah. with how, I guess, women have been treated and things yeah, like of course. that. So, no, of course, yeah. so some, some things haven't changed, yeah. you know, the passage of time hasn't actually yeah. done us any good. Especially in the film industry, you know, yeah. like yeah. it's definitely, it's getting better, but it's you know, um, there's still those issues, you know, and mm. I've always been under the opinion of that, um, more stories are just better, you know, I yeah. like uh, from any different perspective, you Absolutely. know, um, yeah, I, I just feel like a lot of really great stories have been regurgitated over the oh, years. Yeah, of course, like, yeah. It's not new, which yeah. is which is the big, you know, conversation and, and strike. That's what it's all about. Yeah, AI, yeah. AI can't create something new. It's just regurgitating yeah. ideas. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, it's not like um, like when, when you're bringing up the uh, the WGA strike, like uh, uh, writing definitely comes from a perspective, like someone's mm-hmm. personal view of what they see when, it, when they put yeah. pen to paper, you know? Yeah. And um, I think it's really kind of interesting when studios try to manipulate that and mm-hmm. be like, oh, well, you know, here's a template, go, you know, rewrite that into something else, you know? Yeah. Well, the big studios' he- heads generally aren't creative. They're just, yeah. they, they follow a template going, okay, that worked, that made a load of money, let's yeah. do another one of those. Exactly, yeah. They, they, they're not really um, there for something brand new, something yeah, intuitive, yeah. something, you know? Yeah. So it, that's, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, in terms of the film though as well, uh, the film kind of deals with some mental illness as well. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's debatable. Debatable, okay. Fair, fair, <laughs> fair, fair. That's my interpretation. Okay, Absolutely, fair, fair, no, fair, and fair. that's most people's interpretation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I suppose when you were writing it, what was your interpretation? Like, how did you try to portray that on the screen? Well, I guess I have a problem with how people are treated with mental illness today because... Yeah. Um, a lot of people are just put in a box. Okay, she has this, yeah. she must be this. And, and it's complex, you know. Yeah, of course. My friend is sitting here, Andrea Weldon. <laughs> I was about to say Lawler, that was her <laughs> original name. Um, but she's the therapist. And she will even yeah. say, you know, there's, there's so many different aspects of Yeah, people. it's like a spectrum. Yeah, yeah. So, but with mental illness, sometimes they're like, okay, she has this, let's put her in that box. Yeah, like, so yeah. say this woman, Saoirse, Oh, she's obviously suffering from DID, Dissociative Identity Disorder. Yeah. So let's put her in this box. But she could also possibly be channeling this woman, which yeah, that's yeah. a conversation that nobody wants to have. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, yeah. so I left it really broad. I know my interpretation of it. Um, 
And I know most people will be like, well, she's crazy. Yeah. But, but I wanted to open that conversation up and I don't think I quite got there in a short film, which is why yeah. I want to make the feature film because yeah, I, remember you're saying, yeah. I really want an audience to go, well, maybe she's not crazy. Yeah, yeah. You know? Kind of pose that question to the audience, let them kind of make Absolutely. up their own kind of mind. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Like when I watched that short, to me, I didn't, she didn't seem crazy to me. Yeah. To me, it felt like she had a lot of built up trauma. Yeah. And she tried to use zelda as a way of hiding that trauma that's yeah, how i saw yeah. it you know and i feel like like you're saying you want to develop it into a feature you mm -hmm. know like you could even delve into those sort of topics you know um, and uh, i suppose my next question would be like how would you go about writing yourself with the feature you know like what story would you like to tell would it be something similar to the short or do you want to like expand on it or no it's um i mean there's elements of the short that are obviously going to be there but i'm not going to reveal what the feature is yet because okay, um go. Don't want anyone to rub my idea. Um, <laughs> but it's definitely going to be a little bit more uplifting and hopeful. Good, good, yeah. But it's going to touch on those two themes. Nice. Um, and hope is going to be a big theme. Yeah. Um, and obviously grief and mental illness and all that will be touched on. Yeah. Um, but it will be it will be it will be kind of um, reality versus fantasy, and the lines are very much blurred. Yeah. And uh, yeah. For you yourself, you, of course, played the main character. Uh, mm -hmm. Was it difficult for you to kind of uh, go from behind the page of like writing it to jumping straight into it? Or This is the easiest acting job I've ever done <laughs> okay, because I, I wrote it. So yeah, yeah. it's my interpretation of the character. Yeah. So I just did my interpretation of the character where, yeah, you yeah. know, if you work on films... You read the script and you have your interpretation of the character and then you get to set and then the director's like, well, now I see it this way. Yeah. Or you're doing a scene, like I just worked on a film and I there was a scene at the end where they're talking about IVF, husband and wife. And yeah, yeah. She's like, where are we going from here? Da, da, da. Hmm. And my interpretation was, it was, it was this um, really challenging moment where she was quite upset and... Um, she didn't know where they were going in the relationship. Yeah. And then the husband's interpretation was, this was a very happy moment. And we were completely on two different roads. And then the director yeah. came in and he had his interpretation. So it's very collaborative in that sense. Mm, and yeah. it can be quite difficult at moments because you've got to fight for your beliefs. But yeah. then someone else wrote it and then you've got the director with his interpretation. So it's very collaborative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is very easy because just me saying this is what I want to do and this is what I believe whether it translates uh, to an audience and they you know yeah. like it or not that's not up to you but um, yeah true so yeah it was very easy in that respect I mean it was the, yeah. the emotional scenes were difficult yeah because um, I was pregnant at the time so I didn't want to be playing a woman losing a child <laughs> yeah tell us about that actually that's, that was a wild story that you were oh telling us about earlier well I wrote this story before i was pregnant so um then when i was filming it's just there's a part <laughs> of me that really didn't want to do it because yeah. i i believe that your thoughts can manifest into reality so yeah i was quite scared of that and i didn't want mm. to be in that mindset so yeah. you kind of have to compartmentalize the actress from the real person and your real life situation yeah, yeah. so my, the way i dealt with that was like i'm not going to tell anyone so i can <laughs> live right as this other person and yeah, yeah. can kind of protect myself. Yeah, kind of focus on the work. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, I get you. Yeah. Um, so no, it wasn't easy, but it was a great challenge as well. Yeah. You know? oh, well, honestly, it translated the screen because it was incredible. Like I, so I, I loved it. Like it was really, really interesting. Um, I just kind of, I, I love when like uh, actors and writers kind of take that leap. I like, try do something yeah. different, you know, and it's very tough doing 
two two different characters, you know, at the same yeah. time. Like it's you know. Yeah. Um but um I suppose my final question would be um in terms of post production and distribution, how has it been um like like has it uh how have you done like with festival runs and stuff yeah. like that? Has it been like good or well, this is, um, to be honest, this is all new to me, this side, yeah, but you yeah. know, I'm used to acting, so this is yeah. brand new to me, but it's done great in the festivals. It got into yeah. um, the Oscar qualifying court. Oh, and, amazing, amazing. Um, it got into Foil. Um, it was in Cicla. It, yeah. it was nominated for Best Short at the Julian Dubuque International Film Festival. Okay, yeah. Um, and now we're here. Yeah, Boy uh, Valley. <laughs> yeah, yeah. sure there was something else too. Um, but no, I, right now we're just doing the festival circle. In terms of distribution, I'm Brilliant. not sure... Yeah. yeah, of the next step, I think once we're finished the festival circle, yeah. then yeah, we'll go on to something. I'm not sure. I don't know how to answer that question at yeah, this, that's okay. this moment. It was long-winded, so it's fine, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, finally, I know I said finally earlier, but uh, bear with me, please. <laughs> um, I have a memory of a goldfish. Uh, but um, do you have any future projects uh, in the pipeline or do you have anything planned? or? Um, so... I'm working on writing the feature for this one, Amazing. Um, which will be called The Life of Riley. Uh, I've got a few other projects that um, just at the treatment stage. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Brilliant. But definitely would like to do something funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so a bit harder. lighter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, it was fantastic chatting with you. Oh, so lovely to chat to you. And uh, enjoy the festival. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hello. <laughs> I am joined Hi. with the wonderful producer of Baby Steps, Zoe Brennan, with more. I'm saying that correctly. Yes, the, <laughs> the whole, the whole double barrel. <laughs> <laughs> How are you? I'm good. I'm good. good we just good, out good. of the screening now, so buzzing, having yeah, chats. Yeah. yeah. Can I ask um, what brought you to the project? Oh well, um, myself and Hannah worked on a project before Baby Steps. Yeah. Um, it was, um, I basically wrote this um, spec ad about period products yeah. and I admired Hannah for like ages and I was like, hey, do you want to come on this? And she was like, yeah. yeah. So uh, she did me a bit of a favor doing that. And then she uh, got in touch with me when she won the Actors Creator um, uh, funding and yeah, she yeah. was like, do you want to help me on this? And she <laughs> gave me the script and I was like, this is amazing absolutely 100 percent. i'm in have to do amazing. it so um so yeah i'm just a massive admirer of hannah's work so brilliant yeah, so, yeah i had to be involved yeah honestly yeah it, it just like seeing the film itself like it was it was such like it was really fun but at the same time like i posed the question though as well of motherhood you know mm -hmm. and uh, i kind of like want to ask as well um what was that kind of like? What was like working with that kind of theme? Like, was that was that quite personal for you, or was it just the case that you really wanted to tell the story with Hannah? Mm, I I think it's a bit of both. Yeah. Um, I really wanted to be a part of the project because I really believe in Hannah. I think she's yeah. incredibly talented. And then for myself, it's just a topic that I'm really interested in, being a woman myself. Um, <laughs> it's it's kind of like this rite of passage i suppose yeah. this um motherhood lark um, <laughs> and um i just really love for myself thinking like personally um obviously when you come to a certain age it's like this big owl um ladder rung that's to the side of your <laughs> career your personal life etc yeah. or maybe not personal life but um I really love the idea. If I was thinking about myself, I, I don't know if that's the path that I want to take. Yeah. And I think it's a lot, whether it's a passing thought or it's something that's really in your mind. I think a lot of women um, play with the um, 
the choice between yeah. um, taking the path of motherhood now, especially now that we have the choice. Yeah. And um, I think um, I think it's really important to, to see that side of the Definitely, story yeah. and um, see a character who not necessarily feels um, feels this immediate draw to, to that maternal instinct yeah. And, yeah. and see how it kind of plays out and, yeah. and that kind of um acceptance towards and um that we see in the film i think it's just really interesting to explore those themes yeah, and yeah. explore like modern motherhood i suppose yeah. um, well sure. that's the thing like i i'm always fascinated with it because like obviously it's something i'll never experience because you know i'm a man <laughs> you mm -hmm. know so i've always liked seeing it especially from a female's perspective as well you know mm -hmm. like how they perceive what motherhood is regardless if it's either negative or it's positive in that kind of way you know yeah. um so it was really fascinating to uh, seeing baby steps in that kind of way you know yeah it's it's um i kind of it's a, it's an assumed instinct that, <laughs> that people yeah. think that women have this um this this um instinct built into them and yeah. some do some don't some um kind of feel it some kind of don't and, yeah, yeah um and i think it's it's something that develops and um grows um, and you're, you can change your mind, you can go with it, you can do whatever. I suppose it's all yeah. about the individual, but um, yeah, I just think it's, um, obviously speaking from my perspective, I think it's um, really important to just explore these themes and um, explore these types of characters and these situations, and especially through comedy. Um, yeah, definitely. I yeah. think it's, um, it's super important. Uh, it's, it's a really important tool to like share these thoughts and and I suppose invite people in yeah. uh, through laughter and a bit of crack. Yeah. But um, also kind of hit them with a message too that is kind of easily digested. Yeah. Um, yeah. As opposed to a drama. Um, yeah. It's just an interesting way to tell to talk about hard topics. I suppose yeah. They're complicated. I agree. Yeah, matter. yeah. Because like especially with short films, um, like a lot of short films tend to be sometimes very doom and gloom you know so it's nice to see a more positive message in that kind of sense especially with the theme of motherhood as well you know and mm -hmm. um, so it's it's always kind of nice and appreciative as well and it's always like i think it's great showing that aspect as well because it'll help people learn and appreciate what it actually is and how much work and le um, level of effort actually goes into it you know mm. um but um I was going to ask as well, what was the filming like? Because I know you filmed in, was it Hannah's apartment, was it? Yes, yeah, yeah. yes, yeah, yeah. Um, so we filmed it in Dunleary in Hannah's apartment. So um, we uh, had two days um, and it was the last weekend before we kind of all got off for Christmas. And um, we pulled together some of the nicest crew <laughs> and... Um, the loveliest cast, including Hannah. Yeah, yeah. She's the writer, <laughs> director leading lady in baby steps um honestly she's superstar as well as um gavin dre and tara flynn and um we had uh we had the best best two days it was obviously you know filming is always has that stressful yeah. kind of tinge to it but like honestly it was it was just a lovely environment we had such a nice crew um and everyone was just so supportive and um yeah and hannah was just like an absolute superstar just so confident yeah. she she knew what she was doing she knew what she wanted to achieve and um we also had evan barry was our dop and uh, they had developed like a really good relationship there was such trust on set as well yeah. and um yeah you just can't ask for more it was just really really lovely set lovely way to finish the year and um then we sat in with uh john cutler after christmas to edit it um yeah. and uh, john is also super super talented 
Um, and yeah, it all just kind of came together um, really well. Um, Hannah and him worked together and, and just put it all, pieced it all together. And, and now we have our baby steps. So, <laughs> so yeah, super proud of it. Really, I was just um, hurting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, all, it's all Hannah and, and the amazing work of our crew. They're just we're super talented, really lucky to have them. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. That was brilliant, yeah, because like, I, 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 I should have mentioned actually earlier, um, I really liked how kind of, like you said, how compact the script was, so how like kind of straightforward and like narrative-wise how it kind of, kind of goes full circle nearly. Mm-hmm. But I also really liked about it was that there's a lot of nuance to it, especially near the end when, um, is it her mother in her, in her headphones mm-hmm. where she's like, oh, when you shut up, like, I, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I really kind of liked that kind of dichotomy between like the mother and... Uh, well, that's supposed to make her Hannah, you know. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it was a fantastic script. Uh, yeah. I loved it. Yeah, no, it's it's. Um, I suppose just that um, that influence um, of your own mother as well coming yeah, into yeah. it, and I think um, yeah, it's a real it real hits you in the <laughs> hits you in the heart, like because I suppose yeah. with the pace, this incredible pace that's through oh, the film. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it kind of drags you along or you run with it really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um then we have that um really kind of emotional moment through the end where I suppose our character um realizes that, you know, her mum also, you know, had those feelings. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Also listened to this tape and was searching for guidance or searching yeah. for ways to be that perfect mother, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and um, you know, it's all gonna be okay because you know she's here now and yeah, and yeah. she got through it so um so yeah no it's really like honestly perfect and yeah, um yeah. perfect filmmaking from from hannah and we're so so proud of it um yeah and and yeah <laughs> i wish <laughs> hannah was here because she could give you the perspective she could she I, i'm just the producer you yeah, know yeah. she's she's got the creative ideas but um but yeah no we're super proud of it and and hannah's just such a superstar she's um she's gonna be big yeah. <laughs> i'm fairness though like the praise is deserved though because like i love the short the shorts it's funny it's sad it's like it's very it can be very relatable to people as well you know mm. um and I, it's it's a very solid script though as well like it's very punchy and like even the way it's edited as well like the pacing is fantastic mm. you know mm-hmm. um but i also heard in the q a that he worked on safe as uh sorry safe as home is it or uh, safe, as safe as houses safe, safe as houses sorry yes. i have a memory of a goldfish sorry yes <laughs> yes i was i was very lucky to be the production manager oh amazing amazing yes yeah yeah so i worked with um Claire McCabe was the producer, yeah. um, Mia Malarkey was the director, and Sarah Hearn. Yeah, a, a very own Mia Malarkey. Yeah, mm, that's wild, yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Such a special movie. Yeah, um, yeah. So great. And uh, that's also doing absolutely flying high, like doing yeah, so yeah, well yeah. at festivals. And, and yeah, I was very lucky to be asked to be a part of it by Claire. Brilliant. And um, yeah. it was such a great process. Um, yeah, no, it's like, it's so amazing to like, See all these uh, female filmmakers. Yeah, uh, fe- whoop, that's a tongue teaser. <laughs> female filmmakers doing so well, and yeah. and Mia's super talented. Yeah, she is. She's, She's an fantastic. official rising star. Yeah, um, and, <laughs> I saw that as well. Uh, yeah, no, it was a great project to work yeah, on yeah. for sure. Brilliant. Yeah, again, like like I've always said to like my friends and other people, like it's just great to have more voices in filmmaking. You know. Because it's mm. been for a long time, it's been very limited, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess I, all I want to see is more voices being told, uh, being like told to people by interesting people and interesting topics, you know. 
Yeah, 100%. Um, the more seats at the table, the more people who are at the table, the better stories we have, yeah, really. Yeah. Because, you know, we just... Yeah, I completely agree with you that, you know, the more... Um, stories we have from people from different backgrounds, um, different um, worlds, the better because we just have more unique stories. And, yeah, yeah. And we're not listening to the same things over and over again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And as well, there's it seems to be from festivals, even from uh, obviously from Boyne Valley and um, from Galway. Um, there seems to be um, a real resurgence of comedy as well. Yes, which is great. I noticed that as um, well. Yeah. So uh, yeah, the more genre films as well, the yeah, better. Yeah, exactly. Um, and just unique perspectives, the better. Um, Brilliant. So so yeah, um, the production company, my production company, Heritage. Um, we're kind of all gals, all, all female yeah. filmmakers. So that's kind of what we uh, like to do. We like to, um, I suppose give the platform um to like new stories so yeah, so yeah. yeah um and yeah i suppose it's it's just great to see more unique stories and i am word vomiting now <laughs> <laughs> well it's been fantastic chatting with you zoe um i hope you enjoy the rest of the festival and uh yeah i'll chat to you soon thank you so much thanks so much for having me twin characters can i ask like how did they just film that because i looked really impressive like it just because this, this is the thing it was different to his pitch video wasn't it Yes, I believe so. So, well, like for the actors creator, you do a pitch video to you know try and get your product made, and he had filmed it, I think, with a, a stationary camera. Yeah. In the front of the car, looking back into the back seat. Okay. And he had two brothers within the back seat, or one in the front, one in the back. Shot in the front. Yeah, but he timed it <laughs> so he would have shot like a minute and a half of a scene of okay. one of person A speaking. Yeah. And then he times it and speaks person's B lines, but they had to try and sync it up. He said the edit was tough. Yeah. Whereas for this one. As Rob was saying, it was the hottest day of the year back in July 2021. <laughs> yeah. And we, sh- we just had a stationary car and JJ Rolfe shot it. And oh, he had okay. a camera, we'll say, in the front passenger seat looking yeah. back. Yeah. And so, yeah, so the, the big difference was we used a stunt double. We used a fantastic actor named Rex Ryan. Yeah. Uh, and he played Rory's body double. So Rory would have shot as brother A in the front seat with Rex in the back talking yeah. back to him. Okay. And then flipped around roles. And I think there was a bit of a lighting change throughout the day. So... Yeah, so yeah, it was a little tricky for Yeah. Yeah. But once you keep the camera static, you can, I suppose, balance out the tones. Yeah, the yeah, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Just Yeah, that's what I found really interesting about it, because, like, it, it, to me, it seemed like a split personality the way the two of them were chatting. Even the way they were, the, way, the way they were dressed, well, like, one had, like, the red jacket, one had the blue jacket. It was really kind of yeah. interesting to see that, like, the colors kind of matched their personality, you know? Yeah. A lot of us said to Rory, Rory. <laughs> <laughs> Rory I mean, he directed, wrote, yeah. started it. And I, yeah. As Rob was saying, it's one of the first actors creators. Like, the initial budget was two and a half grand, yeah. which, like, it doesn't stretch far. The moment your film goes over one day, so we'd, like, one yeah. day shoot. Don't think we had a costume designer. Like, Rory had the costumes this and stuff. minimal. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, we were, yeah, just, <laughs> just and, very, very And yeah. even, even before we talked about costume, we were saying to him, like, will you make one brother look very different or you know we th- I thought they had to do much more to tell him apart but actually yeah. he's such a fantastic well, actor I mean, people always say they're like oh at the end they're like I can't believe that's, that's <laughs> they thought he was on the yeah no like I just I, I don't like the short in- itself like as as funny as it was because I, I thought it was really entertaining it was just like the detention there like was like oh well, like what's going to happen you know yeah. yeah I mean I don't think it was initially supposed to really be a 
Yeah, and the, the score by Ben Conley. Ben oh, Conley, yeah, yeah. Ben's brilliant. He's he's based out of Berlin. He's a terrific uh, composer. Really, really yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. Um, and ratchets the tension up. <laughs> but like, I don't know, because like, we've seen it uh, maybe 20, 30 times now, just between like watching the edits. And, yeah, yeah. But we're laughing more yeah. and more at it. Yeah. Because like Terry is brilliant. Terry, yeah. like his lines and yeah, all the the characters. Charlie, uh, Charlie Bailey, yeah. Like, yeah. There is that like really dry, comedic value to it. Like, yeah, you yeah. know. You um, mentioned that you shot it in one day. How was that like? Because you said it was what ten hours it took just to shoot I think it. it was yeah, because we arrived kind of early. Well, flew. Claire Cassidy yeah. was our director. Yeah, Claire Claire first AD. Yeah, she's fantastic. And then JJ and Rory had a real good understanding, and they had like a loose shot list. And then JJ was like, "We just try some bits," and mm. he was really free in the day. I mean, most yeah. of it was just shot in that kind of car park area. Yeah. I mean, we were yeah. to get permits and stuff. Shoot, that was the yeah. trickiest part. It just wasn't. Feasible, so yeah, that's was the inside the grounds of this? Was that near like town? Was it was a shot in or yeah. Town, yeah, yeah? What's the actual place? Uh, sit, sit, sit to that's it, it. yeah, sit yeah, to oh, okay. But it looked, it looked kind of like close to a bank, it had yeah, red brick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had for whatever yeah. reason, had double airlines inside, <laughs> 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 and we had shot, we had looked at other locations. We've been around town the previous four weekends trying to like yeah. time traffic because yeah, yeah. what you wanted to do is the car, you know, the car has to move at some point, yeah, yeah. Um, but we tried close to main roads, off main roads. It, it took 10 hours to shoot it, but the amount of time we spent <laughs> location scouting and then came back yeah. to the original location that we were looking yeah. at from day one. Yeah, like st standing there with our phone, timing traffic <laughs> flow, seeing would we have a 30 second burst on a road where we could pull a car out. Yeah, Jesus And then talking Christ. to other filmmakers, they're like, absolutely do not do that. <laughs> do <Yeah>. not. <laughs> God, I'd have a heart attack doing that. Like, Jesus yeah. Christ. Like, um, what, how was the uh, actors creators kind of like fun? Kind of like, how, how did you manage to uh, go about that? I know Rory is probably quite heavily uh, attached to that. But. So, the actors go for it themselves. They yeah. the pitch videos and, and they get the, the money. They allocated the funds. So this is our, mm -hmm. we've actually done four of them. So oh, okay, far. cool. So, we did yeah. um, Aaron Monahan's Ghost. That was the first one, yeah. Claremont's um, Departure. departure. Yeah, Rory's double uh, yellow and oh, Cantata, John Foley. Oh, okay, cool, 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 cool. And um, so it's great. I mean, for us as a production company, it's been yeah, a, a godsend, yeah. Really, because Do you want to put a little plug production. in there for the podcast, the other production company. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Where are you again? Don't take ten productions, sorry. <laughs> 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 yeah. But um, yeah, no, it's it's been great because it's allowed us to um, build up our portfolio. Yeah, so amazing. Really fantastic people that we 100%. Yeah. wouldn't have come to us. That's the mad thing, you know, like all these films, like obviously Aaron Monin's Ghost, like Claire Monley's Departure, we saw the Baby Steps by Hannah Mamelis there. Yeah. All yeah. unbelievable ideas. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know, like, I don't know if a writer, like, because the actors, Rory wrote this for himself. He, yeah. I don't know if you always want to play a twin brother, but like, what a showcase. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, honestly, yeah, it really was like an actor showcase. Like, it's just. Yeah. It was just incredible, like the way he was, like the way he's able to kind of like banter off with him by himself. Yeah. <laughs> like I was just so perplexed, but I was like, how, do, like how the fuck can you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? I think like, Rex was great on the day as well. Rex Ryan was phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think people do get that sense, even when we were at our first time seeing it today in a while, maybe like a couple of months. Yeah. But you get the sense there's so much history between the brothers. Yeah, yeah. Like they have this real contentious, like frictitious relationship, but they yeah, have to yeah, get yeah. on in the day. And yeah, yeah, because like the 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 driver brother's like really anxious. He's like, oh, just get over, get over, <laughs> yeah, don't yeah. like yeah. And then your man's like, oh, you grand. He's like, don't like, do that, don't do that. And like, <laughs> yeah. Your man's done it a hundred times. In the past. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Um, so are you going to be sticking around for the, best, uh, for the rest of the day for the festival or yeah. are you just here for your film or? yeah we're here for we're doing a, an actual we're actually doing a panel tomorrow oh sweet it. cool it's cool cool and, yeah it's ourselves uh, two sparks two sparks and, and Cop Rally Productions um, amazing amazing doing, I think it's like different production companies different levels yeah, and, yeah. yeah it's be cool never we've never really done it it's the first time we've been on stage first together. time <laughs> brilliant, yeah. brilliant yeah. yeah but like so, the 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 program that Frank Collette and Jackie put together is oh, it's incredible, it's incredible, incredible. Yeah, yeah I, I watched a yeah. few of them um, yesterday, uh, and uh, it's just the, the the quality, like the standard has just yeah. been insane. Yeah. Like I was like I, I've been loving every short so far. Like, it's incredible. Yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. I had so, so many great shorts to come, and, and you can only see the festival, you know. Yeah. Getting yeah. Bigger every year, it's yeah. really really great so far. Do you have any future projects now? Uh, uh, we've just started development Ooh. on, I suppose, our first. Feature. Oh, feature. okay. Yeah. Feature, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's a couple of uh, short film projects kind of in, in, in the background. Yeah. Nice, nice, uh, nice. And actually working with Rory led us to work with a few other guys we're developing short with. Um, yeah. yeah. Brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. And the actors created, like, kudos to Shimmy and Gronya. It's been phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, yeah Shimmy, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just incredible to see yeah. the quality of films that are coming out. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, wow, this is... I actually think we that Rory came to us after... You look, it's it, word of mouth. Air air. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's wild. And we have Jeez. to thank Tony Doyle. And Tony Doyle is Tony Doyle. Yeah, 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 a lot of thank yous here. He's actually he's, he's also got a great film uh, in the program Whispers as well. Guard up. Cool, uh, cool. Um, oh, guard up. It's guard up. Yeah, yeah sorry, yeah. sorry, it's guard up. Nice, so. nice. But yeah, also try and catch Whispers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. So. yeah, I've been trying to watch as much as I can. Like I've gone yeah. through like because I was sent like screeners just before just to see like. Uh, and I've, I think I've watched like 30 of them so far the 60 that I've been showing you must have liked it. yeah so I'm just <laughs> but like again like I said like the uh, the quality of the uh, the shorts this, this year for the Boy Valley Film Festival have been incredible like yeah. I, of course it's yours as well yours has been fantastic thank you, you know? um, and uh, yeah thanks for coming on well, uh, thanks for having us, us. Thank yeah. You. yeah enjoy the rest of the festival <laughs> see you later take care Welcome back to Rap Chat. Uh, I'm your host for this episode, Mark Monks, and today I am joined by again Garrett Daly. Hi, how are you? Hi, hi. It's been great because you know we, we, me and you have a bit of history. You know, you, yeah, we you, do. Yeah, <laughs> from, from college. From days. college, yeah, yeah, yeah. Me on the other side of the table. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so you're here for two films: um, Nothing to Declare and uh, sorry, which, what? Personal space. Personal space. One. Yes. So the filmophily. Uh, funded short that we did last year documentary yes. short as well yeah so the two sweet and uh in turn for nothing to declare i remember um you were telling us the story about it years ago I remember when it was a radio class you were telling us about it was originally a radio documentary that's right and yeah, uh, i'd like to ask like how did it go from radio documentary to now you're trying to develop it into a live action uh, feature yeah, well, at that time, um, I suppose we were thinking about it as a live action feature. Um, got to meet Keith and Noel um, and spoke to them about developing it as a live action feature. They were interested, so we began working with them and uh, developed a script. And that, uh, that takes time, as you know, and yeah. we've been working on it over the last number of years with them and you know you'd, it would get close to being funded and then it would drop off again <laughs> yeah the merry-go-round the, the path that you have particularly you know it's a it's a it's it's a large-scale budget film yeah as yeah. well so it's obviously um a tough thing to get off the ground but during the process we got really close just before the the pandemic to uh move forward with it quite significantly the pandemic hit 
And that was a moment where I was just kind of like, okay, you know, we have this fantastic script, we've worked on it for the last number of years, everyone's really excited about it. But there was a real moment of, will it happen? You know, because mm -hmm. you were kind of worried about the, the, the pandemic, nobody knew at the time. And I had talked to Keith and Noel about actually doing a documentary version of it as well, because Noel didn't feature in the radio documentary. And actually, when pitching the live action version, an awful lot of people would ask of them. And then some people were asking about a doc as well. Yeah. So it was always yeah. in the back of my mind that, you know, you get it nowadays. I don't know if you've noticed with a lot of the, the streamers, particularly the yeah. complimentary documentary or yeah. the documentary that then um, walks you towards the feature. So I suppose this is a common enough thing. I was going the other way around initially in terms yeah. of, you know, thinking about the live action first. So pandemic hit nothing else going on in terms of the the live action development so that was the time where we all sort of said maybe we'll do it and yeah, that was yeah. it and we, we we launched into doing it it was a pretty quick turnaround we shot it i think in march and a couple of months later it then premiered at the galway film class so nice, it was nice. a quick turnaround see yeah and there's been a fantastic reaction to it and in its own way it sort of put the the live action feature back on the road again so yeah, yeah. um you know it's um it's it's kind of worked in its own right and then it's also worked almost as a perfect <laughs> promotional material for now will we think about doing the live action version Brilliant, brilliant. I was going to say, um, with the short documentary, um, you mentioned Netflix, where like Netflix documentaries tend to be very kind of like, I wouldn't say clickbaity, but like in that kind of vein, you know what I mean? And with this story, it's a very kind of unique story. It's not just about like one individual person, it's an adventure nearly, you know, and seeing how their lives have been affected by it, you know? And what my question is, like, how do you kind of go about that for the short documentary? Well, I suppose the, the short documentary form is quite particular. I always expected that it would be in a theatre environment initially, yeah. that people would be seeing it at, at festivals. So I knew, I knew obviously the story is a very attractive story from yeah. a crowd-pleasing point of view. So trying to find the way to tell it was, you know, I, I thought about it long and hard, but I, I very much liked the idea of the two of them telling us a story almost like a bedtime story in yeah. a way or if you had a chance to sit down with them i think all of us would ask them go and go tell us what happened yeah and yeah you'd, you'd like them to to regale that to you also you're dealing with something as well not an ounce like not an ounce of footage covering it yeah so nothing there nothing to to picture it up in any way yeah so the the whole thing had to be crafted in a way that it made you feel like you were on the adventure and that was very difficult so in a way i kind of storyboarded the entire thing from archive footage, oh, okay interesting okay. and then you know knew that if i could get them to tell the story well and we had them both in a room so it I wanted them to tell us the story, but they were also sharing it with each other as well. And yeah. that lent itself to a kind of, you know, they're, they're great fun, the two of them together. And I wanted to try and yeah, get that yeah. across. So that, that was kind of the building blocks for me, that it was this, this story time yeah. with, the, with the pair of them mixed in with archive in a way it'd be kind of like reeling in the years to some degree. <laughs> but that was my way of sort of, you know, bringing you to the baggage carousel and saying, yeah, join yeah. these two as they go without tickets. <laughs> but yeah, that's the kind of thing. Like I found like, that's really fascinating to me, the way you kind of structured the pre-production aspect of it, because the way you've kind of done it, it seems more of a narrative piece rather than an actual 
actual documentary like because like you said there's not much that's actually been documented about it it's just from their personal takes you know um so i was just kind of wondering like what were they like when you first met them like when you first heard the story like did you like think it was completely fabricated or was it just like well this is fascinating or you know like well they're they're brilliant storytellers the two of <laughs> yeah them. i think that's kind of what comes across on it so it kind of makes my job easy when i first met them yeah there was a spark and energy off them they hadn't yeah. seen each other in years so it was yeah, really yeah. interesting to kind of put the two of them back in a room um to to have them reconnect as well um yeah i suppose trying to figure out how to take the story to screen in that way was the difficult part I knew the story backwards. I knew it backwards. So I kind of always knew where I was going to navigate with it. But of course, the context of making it as well, it was during the pandemic. Yeah. So restriction was in place no matter what. I, in a sense, we couldn't leave the room. Yeah. So yeah. I could do the interviews with them and then I would retreat to the edit suite. So um, the boundary was already there. So it meant that that sort of forced restriction that was there brought me to the table to be very creative in terms of how I put it together. Yeah, so yeah. you might, you know, many times you'd see that as a negative, but the, mm. it's through those negatives that you begin the crafting. And I suppose yeah, looking yeah. back, that was probably, there was no other way. And I mulled over and I could probably pull up different treatments of how I wanted to do the documentary. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't do it differently now. So it's funny how those restrictions kind of in its own way kind of, unleashed it yeah and unleashed it in me in terms of how i might be able to tell it you know there was versions where i would recreate the journey back to new york with them and yeah, yeah. And there's elements of that of course you'd love to see yeah yeah i think when it was broadcast people um, online were sort of saying oh but i would love if it had ended with the two of them back in new york don't know if you might have got them in <laughs> <laughs> through security so there is an element of that but of course you know we could do what we it was not a funded short yeah either yeah. so there was an element of this is all we can do and in its own way in its own way that restriction worked because for short documentary get in tell the story tell it well yeah on, you know to the next yeah. thing in the program so it seemed to work for that it yeah really did as like as a documentary filmmaker yourself you're dealing with a lot of different kind of like subjects and subject matters but not only that people's personal stories and um, with these two brothers, they haven't spoken to each other. When how long was it? Ten years, was it? Well, they're not. No, they're not brothers. They were just friends. Oh, they're just friends. They're, they're, okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. Just sorry. friends, but they had no. They hadn't seen each other in oh maybe 10, 15 years. Yeah, when yeah. We got them back together. And what was that like? Were like, were you? Did you end up becoming like almost like the onset therapist or like you know the mediator or like? Well, I think it depends on the type of films you know you tell as a as a documentary maker, but. You mean relationships are key to it. Yeah, uh, yeah. They have to trust you. Um, yeah. Because you know they're you're you're telling their story. You're telling a part of their story, and that's a that's a difficult transaction in many cases. Yeah. Uh, particularly if there's hard elements of it to tell, and you know, for any of us, if anybody said to us, "I want to document part of your life," you're naturally going to be on guard. So yeah, yeah. I don't think those relationships. I mean, I'm I'm I'm. Uh, in contact with them even now you know yeah, year and a half yeah. afterwards we remain in touch yeah so you really do build a strong bond with everybody you can uh, grow to be friends at different stages as well with with, with people you might feature in your documentary yeah um but yes it's kind of making sure that they know exactly what you're doing yeah um 
how can you go on to make your next documentary film if yeah. you haven't done well by the people you've featured yeah, in the exactly. previous documentary? Yeah. And I think that's, for me anyway, that that is so key because those relationships are crucial yeah. so that you have a story to, to tell. Yeah, like one of my favourite documentaries is Grey Gardens. I watched that film religiously because I'm so fascinated by how the filmmakers got so attached to the subject matter and the people but at the same time, they kept filming. And it's always that question. is like, why are you still filming? Or, you know, because you're opening up someone to a completely different environment. You know, like hundreds, if not thousands of people will be watching, like, you know, yeah. their, their life. So I've always found that quite interesting, especially when it's like like their, their story where they've just, when they were kids, <laughs> they just ended up going to New York, you know? And in a way, I think, you know, they're always asked about it. Yeah. And if you think about that, I mean, think about something you did when you were 10 and 13, you know, <laughs> and having to, to kind of always, uh, you know, speak about it after. Yeah. So in a way, there's a touch of closure by, yeah. by by telling the story. And, you know, it's there in the in the radio documentary. It's there in this documentary as well. Yeah. So in a way, you know, it's told. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's good from a closure perspective because they were so young when, yeah, when yeah. it happened as well and you're right i think you know you have to think about it like here we are it's what a year and a half after we make it it's screening on a saturday yeah, yeah, yeah. in drogheda <laughs> you know their lives go on and yet yeah. you have an audience engaging with the film once more so yeah exactly it's yeah. part of that relationship we have to kind of tell people you know it will be constantly engaged with it will yeah. be watched and yeah. you know it's scary when it goes out on tv and yeah, yeah, yeah. hundreds of thousands of people watch it or it's available in different places yeah. so you know it's 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 part of what we do to make sure i suppose that the story is told well they're protected throughout yeah the 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 you know the whole course of it yeah, yeah and yeah. That i suppose that ultimately they feel good by the way the story is told yeah and if that's done right i think you're what you're given then to the audience is uh the pleasure of experiencing the story and yeah if it's a difficult story to tell you're giving them the opportunity to i don't know have the truth told yeah, or yeah. to um for, for someone to make peace with something or to do um a right when there has been a wrong so i mean yeah. that's the role i suppose of the the documentarian to do that and yeah um you know we you know we live by those relationships and hope that we can preserve them yeah um even throughout the production process Sweet, yeah. And uh, just my kind of last question with the uh, adaptation of the feature that you're doing, um, are you going about it the, a similar way to how you did it the short documentary where you're essentially storyboarding what they have said because there's not a whole lot documented or are you going about it a different way entirely? Well, I mean, things have changed a little bit since we did the documentary because obviously for the documentary we found the... Uh, the police officers, the Port Authority police officers <laughs> yeah. who actually um, brought them into the uh, precinct in New York. So they've added extra color to their recollection of it because obviously yeah. they were quite young. But no, Keith and Noel um, participated fully in the um, the writing of the screenplay. Oh, so yeah, so basically it is a very good representation of kind of what they remember. Yeah. And elements of their lives that the the screenwriter Connor Ryan has has weaved into the into the screenplay. Yeah. So it's a sort of it's home alone on the road. It's a perfect <laughs> combination of that. Yeah. But it's very true to form in terms of what they remember and also now in yeah. terms of the added details of of uh, meeting the 
the, the Grange Step police officers who, who found them at the time in terms of their recollection. So it yeah. has infused it with an awful lot of the truth. And thankfully, it happens to be very funny. <laughs> so that makes for a very, very funny yeah. uh, screenplay. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, I just want to kind of touch on uh, personal space really quickly. Uh, so you're the producer on that. Yes. And uh, what was that like, kind of jumping onto that project? Like, what was what kind of inspired you to go onto that? Well, basically, Filmophily, um, great funder over the last number of years of short, uh, short films uh, in the Midlands and bringing productions to the Midlands because it was during the pandemic. Yeah. Um, they had to do something local. Yeah. And they put it out to tender for a company to do something but also to do a training program as part of it which might be beneficial so um, we came up with the concept that we would do a program where we try and at least get people on it uh, mentees on it where basically their roles would be quite significant so we selected four people for it um, and together actually we did multiple training programs of different things looking at documentaries looking at um, you would kind of set up a writer's room in a way to develop oh, okay, it. Cool. and cool. together we developed that documentary and each director came up with the each strand that was in it so the of the different contributors I suppose my role was to make sure that it had coherency yeah. across the board so almost like a showrunner of the the different elements yeah so yeah. that we could bring together so it wasn't even though it wasn't multiple episodes it was multiple stories under the one umbrella yeah and uh, yeah and that became the documentary so it was an interesting training program incredibly hands-on yeah. so people were training and actually making a documentary at the oh, same okay. time and i suppose i was kind of uh, the guardian of that and making sure yeah. that, that it went well and I, I think for everybody that was involved with it it was um you know a very enjoyable experience and um yeah and the film has gone on to play at many festivals as well brilliant, so brilliant. Uh, you know an experience from pre-production right through to to the distribution of it as well yeah so yeah people got a good feeling of what it was like in the hope that they can go on to, to do things themselves amazing yeah well it's been great chatting to you Gary. yeah you too <laughs> thanks for coming back on all right thanks a lot i'll see you later thanks Welcome back to the Boyne Valley Film Festival special for Rap Chat. Uh, I'm joined today with writer, director, Jonathan Hughes. That's me. That's you. <laughs> I'm also joined by writer, director, producer and actor, Mo O'Connell. Hey, how's it going? I'd like to first say congratulations on your films. Thank I you really, really enjoyed them. Um, I want to first chat to John real quick. Sure. Um, La Tumba was absolutely wild. <laughs> yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. I, I kind of liked the... Um, the language barriers that you that that was kind of in it throughout the film, where like yeah, yeah. He, he was trying to understand the woman, but like because nothing was going through, and she's like trying to explain like her traditions and her culture and stuff like that. I thought that was hilarious. Thank you. Yeah, um, I think Lusopa kind of started as a bit of a writing exercise. Like I read a lot of comedy, but this is the first time I tried to do something in two completely different languages and yeah. still try to have dialogue in it, but have no one understand it and still yeah. make it funny for the audience. So I'm. Um, I'm glad it landed. Like I'm glad yeah. people are responding so well to it. So I, I think I've managed to pull it off. Yeah, no, I think so too. Um, I think like the I think the acting really does kind of like sell it. I think I think she was really fantastic. I thought like um, the way she was kind of like pouring her like kind of soul out to your man, and he's like, oh, ah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's just like yeah, grand. Um, but uh, I really liked uh, the, kind of the visual style to it because like 
to me it kind of like the opening shots kind of reminded me of cocaine bear a little bit okay yeah i can see that <laughs> With, like the forestry stuff yeah. um and uh yeah no, like uh when you were writing the script itself like uh was it challenging for you kind of juggling two different languages or it, it was like my spanish isn't the best to begin yeah. with so it was already a bit of a challenge and there was a lot of google translate and a lot of very <laughs> generous friends coming in to fix all of my grammar mistakes yeah um but it was about just kind of trying to distill her dialogue down to the bare minimum that yeah. even like I, we've had a couple of spanish people see the film and they yeah. still seem to think it's funny and they still get the jokes even though they could understand what she's saying sweet, from sweet. the start of the film so i think i, I just got the balance Perfect. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think so too. Honestly, like when I was first watching it, sorry, <clears throat> when I was first watching it, um, and I noticed there's no subtitles, I was like, what's going on here? I was like, oh. And then when by the end of it, I was like, oh, that makes sense. I was like, okay, you know? Yeah, I think when we premiered at the flat, people thought there was a problem. I heard it, like, <laughs> there was a lot of gasps and a lot of people turning around in the audience. It was like, no, no, this is, this is how we planned it. This That's is what's in the script. Yeah. And then, like, uh, in terms of kind of like the research into Spanish culture, but like, was there a lot of kind of like heavy kind of research into like how kind of death works with that kind yeah, of culture. Yeah, there, there, was a, there was a couple of, was about a week um, just studying about it and studying the different yeah. cu customs and the different cultures all over Spain because there's so many. Um, but this was a very Andalusian thing that I wanted to, I, I saw it once in a film and I wanted to see was it was real and it was yeah, yeah. Um, and see what they actually do and try to bring a bit of that to the, the script. Cool. Cool. Um, I'm going to jump really quickly to the talk. Sure. Um, as a queer man myself, I thought it was fucking hilarious. Oh, good. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I just loved the uh, the kind of like, it was almost like the... Um, What's what's term I'm thinking of? Kind of like uh, the switch, the switch, the bait and switch. You yeah. know, like yeah. yeah, where it's like you think it's like, oh fuck, what's gonna happen with the dad? And it's like, no, it's the other way around. No, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad not a lot of people seem to have copped it. Like his yeah. reveal in the film always gets a massive laugh, and that, yeah. that's it keeps me going. Then it's like, okay, you're gonna enjoy the rest of it then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I just I really like it. What was it like uh, directing for that one? Because I know you only wrote La Tumba and yeah. Natasha directed so that. The talk so. was my, my second proper short that I've directed. Yeah. Um, and it was nice. I had a bigger cast. I had a, I had a budget, a tiny budget, but a yeah. budget nonetheless. Um, and it was great. I really got to stick my hand into it and kind of work with my actors and yeah. kind of bring out those performances. Um, and yeah, it's something I want to do more of. I think I was having a problem finding queer directors for projects yeah, and yeah. when you write a queer script you don't really there's a kind of hesitancy to turn it over to some directors because you don't think they're going to get exactly what you yeah. meant with the script so i felt a bit precious of it so that's i kind of kind decided, of like your baby like, yeah yeah, yeah. maybe this is one that i want to direct myself so that, yeah. that's what i did you mentioned in the q a that you uh filmed it in your house as well i thought that was in, quite funny indeed but. i did my, <laughs> my parents were were sent off on when they went on their first holiday in about 20 years so I made full use of having an empty house yeah. in Castlevania to shoot it in. <laughs> um, so we shot it all on location in County Monaghan over a couple of days. That's um, ah, that's good. All the house stuff is my house that I grew up in, and then we shot on the streets of Clonus for yeah. all the exterior stuff um, because Clonus were the the funders. Yeah, and can I ask as well when you were writing it, what were your kind of like influences for writing the script? Like, was it the kind of like nature of the troubles, and then you know queerness as well in Ireland, or? I, it was a lot of my own feelings about yeah. the troubles and about, I guess, I was trying to think of how to answer questions like this during the screening today. <laughs> um, and there's something about the troubles and about that conflict that's so male-driven and yeah. so... Masculine-like. Yeah, masculine. Yeah. And like, it, it's 
all these men, angry men just shouting at each other and there was a really lovely feeling in subverting all of that and turning it into this lovely melodramatic <laughs> conversation yeah. um, about what's, what's true to his heart. And yeah. Yeah, so I, just, I couldn't resist things like that. It was too... It kept making me laugh, so it eventually went down on the page. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely worked for Anyway, I, I personally loved it. Like, I thought it was hilarious. Thank you. Um, is directing one of those things you're going to stick to as well, or are you going to keep being just screenwriter? Or No, I, I think I'm going to do some more directing. Yeah. Um, I have another directing gig coming up oh, soon. Nice. Um, I'm doing a radio drama, so that'll be my first oh, audio brilliant. drama that I'll be directing. Class. Um, so I've written the script for that, and that'll be in production very soon. Sweet. Now... Mo. Hey. <laughs> Hello, you're kind of like hidden in the corner there. Yeah, that's <laughs> good. That's very interesting. Uh, <laughs> so, Mask. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So, uh, what brought you onto the project for Mask? Um, it was Mags. Uh, so, she um, just sent me the script. And I thought, oh, yeah, that's great. And I didn't know what she wanted from me. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then eventually she said, do you want to play, you know, the lead? And I was like, yeah. Um, Actually, I tried to get out of it because I didn't. I, I, I don't know if I'm a very good actor. To be honest with you. So I was like, I think, I think, I think that, you know there could be much better actors out there. Yeah. And, um, actually, there was an actress in the audience who asked a question there at the end. Yeah. Juliet Crosby. Yeah. And I, I suggested her. I was oh like, really? Oh, she'd be brilliant. Yeah. And I was like, No, Mo, you have to do it. And I was like, Okay, <laughs> let's do it. Oh, I definitely translated. Um, like you looked unhinged. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, it's kind of funny, but it's because I shot. Uh, Bruise basically yeah, for yeah. three days straight, and then I, uh, when I finished, I drove all the way uh, to Dublin. I had about two hours sleep, and I was up the next morning from Ask. Yeah. Jesus oh, Christ! Jesus Christ. That, yeah, that's so I look like this nightmare. demented clown. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's really useful because yeah. I look scary, like you know. And I was yeah. like, that's what you know. That's, that's what tiredness does. <laughs> yeah, and filmmaking. Tiredness of filmmaking. I, I was going to ask as well, like, you're, you're mainly a writer, director, and producer. Yeah. Uh, is acting something that you would want to do, like, consistently in the future? Or is it just something that you'd, like, kind of do, like, kind of dip your toe in every now and then? Yeah, I mean, um, to be honest, I just, I just don't know. I mean, I really enjoy it as well. Yeah. Um, like, I'm a, like, like, I went to Radis. So I'm a rather trained actor, you know. Yeah. So, but I always... I suppose there's just so much anxiety around acting, you know? <laughs> yeah. And um, it, it is really like on your marks, get set, go and perform. And, you know, you, yeah, have to, yeah. you have to hit your mark. And, and um, so it's very anxiety-inducing, yeah. you know? So I always feel sorry for actors when, you know, always try to be very supportive of them and kind yeah. of... And they're like, know, take after take. The most vulnerable yeah. person on set, you know? Yeah, exactly. And yeah. they really have to be, you know? They yeah. have to be the yeah. most vulnerable. Um, so, uh, but yeah... I'm like, do I, do I want to always put myself through this? I'm doing a play at the moment. Oh, nice. And it'll be on at the end of August. And I shitty myself. <laughs> I'm like, what did I do? Why did I say yes to this? Do you want to plug um, it in for but the... But it's brilliant. Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a great show. Yeah. I mean, just so you know, <laughs> all brilliant people. But I'm just, I'm just uh, you know, dating yeah. myself, obviously. Um, so it's called The Devil Himself. Cool. Uh, it's by Paul Nugent. It's a new play. Amazing. Um, very true story. Uh, 1882, Pennsylvania. Lizzie Knott, who I play... Um, basically, the, the, her fiancé writes a letter to her dad saying she's at the town bicycle. Oh, lovely, and, okay. Um, and then there's a big shootout, and like, a, <laughs> okay. my dad gets killed, he goes on trial, and then my, my brother kills him. And then so there's another trial. Anyway, Sweet. So it's madness. Is it, uh, does it have like a release date where he's going to be playing? Or? Uh, Smock Alley. Oh, nice. Uh, nice. August 23rd to the 2nd of September. Brilliant. In Brilliant the main stuff. Space. So, yeah, so that's, that's nice. basically it. Cool. Yeah. Uh, for Bruise, I yeah. thought Bruise was. Um, very interesting and 
very kind of insightful but also harrowing at the same time um i really liked the your interpretation of like sa and that sort of stuff you know um i think doing a true interpretive dance really kind of gives you a very kind of meaningful look a nearly visceral look of what that sort of stuff kind of happens you know yeah absolutely oh i mean it was kind of interesting um and uh, <laughs> someone just walked in there, by the way. Everyone's listening. <laughs> oh, <my Lord. laughs> um, Lock but, the doors. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, because like uh, when I read the script, it, it was more kind of formalized dancing. And then yeah. um, I worked with uh, Chris Watt, the writer, and we kind of collaborated on ideas and this type of thing. And yeah. I brought into the dom- the domestic sphere into the house. So basically, we're um, now we you know we now have dancers in the house which kind of creates tension in and of itself because they can't dance properly because yeah. they'll knock something over and this type of thing. So if you're trying to create coercive control, yeah. that helps. Um, but so then I was, now I'm not a dancer. I don't have any dancing back, background. I'm also really <laughs> bad at dyspraxic. So like, <laughs> this is really funny. Perfect this you don't do this. <laughs> um, they're like, Mo, what are you doing? Um, but um, I eventually uh, gained their trust anyways. Yeah. and. Uh, kind of developed a uh, vocabulary with them. So yeah. I went through elements and it's just a bit more like electricity. Mm. Like it sounded like such a wanker, but it worked. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, if it works, I don't care. Um, and uh, we developed, like, so I, I, so these dancers had only done a tiny bit of acting before. And okay. so um, it, that was great. So then I was able to kind of coach them with yeah, acting yeah. and went through backstories and improv with them and then Brilliant. inner monologues and this type of thing. And then off the back of that, we just did improv kind of physically mm-hmm. and um, then threw in the elements and this type of thing. And then it just became subtle, really yeah. subtle. Because we thought if it's very pronounced dancing, it never really seemed to work too much. It was just little bits of it. And then we wanted to get a, the core of her, of her character across. If this wasn't happening, who is she? And it's yeah. just actually kind of eccentric and playful. Oh. So, um, Hello. Sorry, just to um, let you know that uh, everyone's gone. Okay. I'm locked in the building. Okay. So um, the technician is, is running through some um, some films for tomorrow. So right. would you come and find them in the main auditorium? Sure. Or you yeah, want to leave? Sweet yeah, 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 no problem. Thank right. you so much. That's okay. Well, thank you. Locked <laughs> in. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> Not much. We'd have to spend on until like half <laughs> nine. What time is it? What would happen if we got locked in? We'd have to like start eating each other. Yeah, yeah. You know, we get pretty hungry. That's only one night mode. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know how It'd hungry I okay. get. Hey. Yeah, it gets hungry, yeah. you know. <laughs> Turns into like the Belgo term. <laughs> um, but I can't remember what I was talking about. Oh yeah, basically. So, 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 so that's why we have those little spins and stuff. It's kind of yeah. like getting a sense of her across, you yeah, know, yeah. And, and who she is essentially. So we're trying to get that and then her in the space that he's controlling yeah. and um, how he kind of reduces her. So it just became very, very subtle and kind of, as you say, interpretive kind of yeah. abstract movement rather than dancey, dancey, yeah. per se. Yeah. I just really liked it because I, uh, like, there's a lot of films that kind of do like the traditional way, like you know, like shot, reverse shot, wide shot, all that sort of stuff, you know. And so I, I really kind of appreciated the visual style to it. Like, there were a lot of it felt like it was almost one take, you know. And yeah. even with uh, the main actress, like, she doesn't speak for like ninety percent of the amazing. film, you know, and like, yeah. even at, uh, even at that, like you can feel everything. Well, not feel, but you know what I mean. Like you could yeah. like put yourself into her, into her shoes, you know, and it's yeah. it's. I just found it fascinating. Like I really did, mm. um, and like one of my favorite things about it was that 
every situation she got herself in until the end, she would scream, but all you'd hear is just the music, you know? Yeah. So her, it's just her being silenced, even though she's crying out for help, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, the scream was really important. And, yeah. and uh, basically having silent screams throughout until the very end, you know? Yeah. Um, just because women who try to go to the authorities often aren't listened to. So they're effectively silenced over yeah. and over and over again. And even if they go to kind of family members, often they're not listened to properly. You know, there's an awful lot of kind yeah. of stigma attached to. Oh yeah, of course, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. Domestic abuse still, still. Yeah. Um, so that's why you know we, we kind of went for that. Um, you know, at the you know to leave it to the very end, and then also also we had people yeah. who had suffered domestic violence and sexual abuse kind of in that vigil at the end, yeah, uh, yeah. screaming with her, kind of you know supporting her. Yeah. Yeah. Adds a whole new kind of layer to it, and more, you know, whole yeah. new context to it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and what was the, there was a Mayo organization that was attached to it, wasn't yeah, it? So yeah, the Mayo Women's Rape Crisis Center. Yeah. Yeah. And um, how would they, like, how did they take the film it's, uh, itself? Like, uh, no, yeah, they, they loved it. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, they uh, were absolutely kind of delighted with Brilliant. it, you know, yeah. thank God. Um, yeah. But yeah, they gave us all the, all the stats. They, they, um, also gave us a lot of personal testimonies. So oh, in okay. research for it and everything, um, we talked to a lot of the people, you know, yeah, who've, yeah. You know who've, who've gone through this via uh, yeah. this centre, you know. Um, so yeah, so they, they talked us through coercive control and how it affects women and, and men too, you yeah, know. True, um, yeah, true, yeah, Jeff. And the reason why, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of looking in this instance that it's, you know, a woman who is suffering this. And it's just like, the Mayo Women's Rape Crisis Centre say yeah. is that it's just that, well, I mean, right now at least it's 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 more happening to women yeah. than it's men. But that's not to say it's not happening to men. Yeah. But it it just seems to be far more of a crisis at the moment. That's women, yeah. most especially yeah. since COVID. COVID, yeah. it really. Blew yeah. Up. Oh yeah. It's it's if anything like violence, especially in Dublin anyway, has gotten so much worse. Like yeah. um, again, the facts are the facts. Like you know, like it said in the film, was it like one in four women are. One so, in three women, yeah, three women so, yeah, suffer uh, sexual assault from yeah, their partners. You know? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. their partner, not even like a stranger, like their partner, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah like, exactly. So it's, it's just awful. Like, I know, yeah, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. When you think it, about it, it's kind of like it should be like a pandemic where the whole world should close down, <laughs> actually, and we'll sort this out because yeah, it's exactly. pretty bad, right? Um, but no, of course, they don't do that. Well, enough of the doom and gloom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it was lovely chatting <laughs> the two of you. Um, can I ask, what are your future projects coming up? Um, well, I have that radio play that I'll be Sweet. I've written and I'll be directing, so that'll be Togetherness, and that's with Near FM. So when their next season comes out, it'll be part of their collection. Brilliant. Um, and otherwise, there's new scripts, new shorts, new nice. TV projects. They're all kind of bubbling away under cool. the surface. Brilliant, brilliant. And yourself? Um, I'm developing uh, Haven into a feature. Amazing. So it's a Haven screening tomorrow, um, and then I have a number of. TV projects I'm doing. One's a horror, Ooh. one's like a black comedy. Nice. I'm really nice. I'm a big horror fan, so I'm looking forward to that. Oh, good. Okay, yeah. great. <laughs> I'm actually scaring myself because you know when you write horror, you have to write something that really scares you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And this is like scaring the shit. <laughs> I'm finding it really hard to write, but but I'm but I'm getting through it. Can I ask Fine. what movies have you been watching to get yourself scared? Uh, the Exorcist. Oh, a classic. And I've been reading all about it, you know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The behind the scenes and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I can't believe Freakin' has gone. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. such oh, a legend. So like. sad. Brilliant. I know. Yeah. It's amazing. Him and Will- William Peter Blatty, like, I, those two just, like, they're like an old married couple. You've ever seen them in interviews. Like, they're yeah. so funny together. Like, it's great. Yeah, they're awesome. 
But and, and then it's like the poltergeist, you know, it's that, it's that yeah, type yeah, of yeah. thing. So Real classic horror, like classic yeah. horror. Yeah. Sweet, sweet. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thanks um, very much. Thank you for having us. Yeah. And enjoy the rest of the festival. Thank yeah, you. Thank you.